Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Harold Rogers is the author of Tropicalia, a novel. Harold Rogers was born in Steubenville, Ohio, to an American father and a Brazilian mother, and grew up between the United States and Rio de Janeiro. He holds a BA in philosophy from Miami University in Ohio and an MFA from Columbia University. He lives in New York City, where he works as a boxing coach and a stand-up comedian. Welcome, Harold. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your novel, Tropicalia. Tropicalia? Calia? What do you think? Tropicalia, yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, tell listeners about your book. What's it about? Why'd you write it? All the good stuff. 
All right. Well, um, really, it's about two siblings, Daniel and Lucia, who are in their 20s and they're living in Rio with their grandparents and their young cousin. And uh, their dad is is dead. And uh, their mom left several years ago to marry some guy in the United States and kind of ditched them. And they've been estranged for several years. And after their grandpa dies, uh, Lucia calls her mom and and kind of invites her back into town. And she comes back with her husband and, and chaos kind of ensues from there. And so it takes place over the New Year's Eve holiday in Copacabana, which is kind of a big deal. It's like a huge event, like a million people are on the beach. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's told in mostly from Daniel and Lucia's perspective, but the grandparents have a chapter, the mom has a chapter and the young cousin has a cha- chapter. So it's, it's told in, in several first person voices. Interesting. And you chose some interesting sort of devices with no quotes and sort of this train of thought, dialogue style. Very cool. Yeah. So the no quotes is something that it seems to, people really mentioned that. And I think when I was writing it, I wasn't even thinking about like that it would have that, that kind of jarring impact like that. I think with the no quotes, what I was doing is like, because there's, there's some chapters that are no quotes and some chapters where the quotations are in M dash yes. quotation marks. And I think what I was going for was like the chapters with no quotes. I wanted it to seem like everything was being talked. Like Daniel's chapters are all him talking. So there's no quotation marks. It's all him talking like, you know, and in the M dash, like I think of those chapters as more written and like in, in Brazil for there's no quotation marks. It's M dash dialogue in all the books. So, I, so you know, that's why I, I did that. Yeah. So you just, it was not intentional at all. <laughs> You're yeah. like, I just forgot the quotes and now that's all anybody wants to talk about. Some people are like reading the galleys. Like, I think there's an error here. Like it's a typo. There's no quotes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So where did this novel come from? Actually, before that, where did you come from? So you're from Rio. You're from Rio? No. Yeah, kind of. And how old are you? Can I even ask how old you are? I'm, I'm 26. Oh my gosh. Okay. 26. So my mom is from Rio and my dad is is from Ohio, right? So growing up, like I kind of had a strange upbringing where I was born in the United States in Ohio, but... What part of Ohio? Steubenville, Ohio. Okay. You ever my, heard family, of my mom's family's from Dayton, so... Okay. That's like on the other side. I know yep. a lot of people from Dayton. Dayton's cool. So my dad was was working out of the country a lot when I was young. So my mom would take me and my sister to Brazil just like because her parents were there and just have some support, you know, taking care of us. And then it became like up until high school, she would take us out of school for like several months at a time and just homeschool us in Brazil. So I was really going back and forth from Ohio and, and Rio back and forth, you know, and, and, you know, in high school too, like I would go, go there twice a year. So I spent a lot of time in Rio in Ohio. So I really think of myself as Brazilian American, you know. Awesome. I can't imagine there's a direct flight from Ohio. No, Maine. from Pittsburgh, actually. Pittsburgh's pretty okay. close to Steubenville. So it's, you know, it worked out like that. You know, there you go. And when did you start writing? Just writing in general? Yeah. Like when did I, you realize you liked writing? How did you end up with a novel? Why are we even talking? How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing like, I think, in high school, like my senior year, probably is when I got into literature and stuff like that, you know, because I felt unprepared for college. So I just like looked up like 100 best novels and was just trying to read whatever I could. And then I, you know, kind of just 
liked writing and making stuff up, you know, but I, I, it was kind of a secret pursuit for a long time. Like no one in my life even knew I was writing this novel until it was like in galley form. Right. I ended up getting my, my MFA, you know, kind of as an accident, I applied to one program and I got in and then I was like, maybe I should try this. And (laughs) the novel came together. It really came together during the pandemic. I think is when, you know, that was the longest time I'd ever been away from Brazil. And I kind of had a couple chapters of this, but I really was like focusing in and it just felt good to kind of live in those memories, live in, in Rio in that way. And I had some family members die in Rio during that time. And so it was just, it was nice to just live in the book for a while. So you didn't do any pandemic time there. You were all in, you were in Ohio the whole I was, time? I was in Ohio the whole time. Yeah. Did your dad stay back with you or was he traveling? Yeah, he was my dad. My my parents were both in Ohio at the time. Okay. So it was... Wow. Well, you have a scene early in the book where you're coping. A lot of people are coping with all different kinds of loss all at once, right? The grandmother, the parent, the, people are actually even kind of joking about it because it's so awful that you sometimes just have to laugh type of thing and how loss actually can really bond people together quicker than almost anything, right? Shorthand. I lost a parent. I lost a parent. I lost this. So tell me a bit about like the role of loss in the book and and how you chose that. Well, I think, you know, loss plays an enormous role in the book. I think everyone has like someone missing from their life in a big way, like a big hole to fill. You know, my parents are both alive, you know, thankfully, you know, like while I was writing the book, my, my grandpa died and then my uncle died. And I saw how, you know, my uncle had a young daughter at the time. And I saw just the impact of that. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people in my life who have lost parents at an early late age. And I've always just, it's, it's such like, you know, a profound impact, not having that guidance there. Right. And, and so I think that the, the book is really about, you know, how to cope with those absences. Like, what do you do when like, you know, Daniel and Lucia's mom left and they don't have a dad, like, who do you cling on to? Like Lucia does it in, I think, better ways than Daniel and where she's trying to be responsible for like her young cousin who doesn't have either of her parents. And she's, you know, responsible for her grandma too. And they kind of have a close knit thing. And Daniel's just kind of running away from from the whole loss the whole time, right? He's just, you know, trying to cavort and, and romp around and, you know, have fun. And eventually that catches up to him. But I think I, I toward the end, he finds like that, that connection with Lucia that, that I think they both need from each other. Where did the characters come from? When you said, like, how did this, where, where did the book start? Was it the idea of Rio? Was it, and this time of year? Like when you started working on it, what was the sort of driving force? Like, what did you, I know you said you, miss, you were missing Rio and, you know, far apart and lost and all of that, but where did the characters themselves come from? And like, which one came first or was it all just like a messy thing? Well, Daniel and Lucia, they, they, they came first. Cause I was like, I had, I was dabbling around with some, stories that involved them you know but i didn't really know i knew they were siblings and i knew and then i decided like it's kind of like silhouettes of my own family to a certain extent that you know took life on a life of their own like daniel and lucia live in the the building where i grew up in in rio the same exact address right but they live on a, a different floor which i think is is a metaphor that holds for the whole relationship to my life right and i have a i have a twin sister 
ah. is younger, you know? So I was, I was kind of thinking in, in counterfactuals with my own life. Like what if, you know, I didn't have a twin sister. What if I had a younger sister and her paternity is in question like Lucia's is right. Yeah. And what if, you know, instead of my dad sticking around and, and being a good man, right. And what if he just ditched my mom and left her to deal with, you know, cause there's like, an economic disparity, right? When an American man marries a, a Brazilian woman, like that's, you know, and like the dad in the book, just, he wasn't interested in being a support to, to his Brazilian family. Right. And, and that creates a whole different set of circumstances. And so I, I think I, it just, I started with these little silhouettes and just started thinking through like how my life could have been different in, in different respects. And, and the book came together out of that. That's a really, I mean, it's, it's smart. I feel like I just finished this novel and I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to model this after this person, but I'm just going to change this little thing. And I wonder if they're <laughs> going to notice. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have boy, girl twins actually. So tell me. Oh, what really? Yes. They're 16. Oh, cool. I know they're like closer in age to you than I am, but how is your relationship with your twin and how has that been as you've gotten to this age? Well, you know, we had, we're really close now. We're really good friends. We work together. Right. And, uh, you know, so we're really good friends. And but growing up, there were there was certainly some some strife there. And it, you know, it's a complicated relationship, you know, having a, a twin sister like that. And I I really think that the brother, the sibling relationships are, are like the core of the book. Mm-hmm. Daniel and Lucy's, I think. I mean, they're the main two. And I think that that is and, you know, like their mom's relationship with their with her sister is a huge part of the book and how they never got along at all. And it was always strife and they ended up, you know, it became a tragedy for them because they were just separate like that. And I, I, so I I was kind of, you know, hoping the arc was like Daniel and Lucy would end up, you know, as tight and then choose that family relationship in a way that their mother and, you know, her sister didn't. Right. Yes. Amazing. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
interesting. Okay. So you go to your MFA program, you work on this book. Tell me about the whole publishing journey. How did this become a book deal? Like, was it just tell me the story? So I, I had the, this was the only thing I worked on throughout the whole MFA. And it, you know, I thought I was done, done with it. Like one year in the MFA, I was like, ah, leave here. I'm going to get a book deal. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm so glad I stayed because the book was not ready at all, you know? And, and then, so I finished and I had, you know, this book, it was my thesis and I was trying to query agents and it was not, the book wasn't ready. I thought it was ready a lot sooner than, I mean, if I had known how many drafts it would take, really get <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I would have continued really. So I had one professor, Rivka Galchin, who really was, you know, knew the work really well. And she, she was a real supporter of it. And after a long time querying people and not getting anything, you know, I hit her up and she kind of connected me with somebody and uh, he read it and he liked it. He really got the book and he became my agent. Right. And then a long process of revision again, and then sent it out to publishers. And when I sent it out, it was, it was, it was ready, but like, you know, I get, it got a lot of rejections. Only one, house wanted it right atrium is the only one that wanted it and so after i i sold it i rewrote every single word of the book like from from zero and uh, which i really needed to do and it finally turned into to what i wanted you know so it was a lot of a lot of rewriting so you basically never want to see this book again yeah, <laughs> <Pretty much>. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing by the way only one i mean you don't need more than one. No, they, exactly. Exactly. Right. Amazing. I mean, yeah. Otherwise it's just what an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's good because all the publishers really are looking for different, slightly different things. So if you, I don't know, having some, I don't, you know what? I'm not even going to wait. <laughs> I think that's great. So what happened? Tell me the story of, of uh, like when you found out that it sold, were you over the moon excited? Were you like, was there some sort of do you even remember? Like, was it a whole thing? Oh, I remember because because the week before, I was in the pits of despair. I was like, oh, no. sell. I was like, if I can't sell this one, I don't like. I don't know, I'm gonna have to write another one. And so it was. And then I mean, I was really low. And the next week, it sold, and it was it was just a huge relief. It was you know, it was it was really I was really happy about it. <laughs> Are you working on another novel or are you like, I never want to do this again? No, I like, this is, this is what I like to do. I love novels. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on one now. I don't, I don't like to talk about it too much till it's like done. I don't want to like jinx it, you know? So it's, it's pretty, but I, but I am working on another novel. Hopefully, you know, continue to do that for, for a long time. You'll reread it 57 times. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you said you work with your sister. What do you do when you're not I'm a writing? boxing coach? You're a boxing coach. Yeah, that's that's my day job, and uh, at Church Street Boxing Gym in in Manhattan. Oh no way! Yeah, do you, uh, do you know that gym? No, but I used to do like I used to I used to go to Punch. Do you know Do you know where that okay, is? Okay, yeah, yeah. East side. Actually, I remember this was a while ago, but I used to work out a lot when I wasn't working at a job, and I was yeah. at home with my kids. That was my one escape. And I remember I accidentally got this black eye because my daughter like flipped her head at this weird angle and just happened <laughs> to catch my eye, and I had this horrific black eye. And I remember going into the gym, and all the guys like swarmed around me. They're like, "No, you got to get like a cold spoon, and you have to do this." And, like they had all these tricks for making my yeah. face but yeah <laughs> that's funny 
boxing is fun. Yeah. And how did you get into boxing? That was, you know, I was a kid and I was getting bullied, you know, and there was a gym across the street in, in Rio where I was living. And, you know, my parents were like, you should try boxing maybe. And then I tried it and I loved it. And, uh, you know, I ended up fighting in college. I, I fought, I had 16 amateur fights, you know, and then actually my, my, when I was boxing, my sister was like my trainer. She would corner me for my fights and she ended up getting a job at this gym while, while I was in school. And then she got me the job, after oh. I was yeah, which was good. <laughs> wow. That's so great. So you could really just have, you know, people who rejected your manuscript come into the ring and just, you know, <laughs> they want a piece of me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Funny. What an interesting whole background and story. It's so cool. What do you like to read in your spare time? I like to read a, a lot of different stuff. You know, I try to, I try to balance the reading in, in English and Portuguese. Like I'll, I'll go one month here and then another month there. And then, you know, there's, I'm trying to, you know, there's a whole backlog of of old books that, you know, I'm still trying to get worked through, you know, Faulkner's of the World and the Morrisons, right? And and you know, balancing that with with more contemporary stuff, you know, but a lot of different things. And when I'm when I'm writing, I some people say they can't read like novels and stuff while they're writing because it affects I don't that doesn't trouble. I like like reading something and then you you get that energy from that person, especially if it's something good, and you 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 see it in you know come out in your own writing. Maybe you're writing a little like them, and then later on you iron it out, right, and make it more yourself. But I, I think that that energy is good, like taking that energy. From. Yeah, I like that. Very cool. So, what advice do you have for aspiring authors? <laughs> uh, I would just just do it. Keep keep working. That, that's it, right? Like you might have to rewrite it a million times, but it'll be worthwhile, you know, eventually. Don't don't think about how much you'll have to do it. Just just keep doing it. Think it's wonderful after every line. <laughs> just I mean, persistence is the biggest thing with this, right? Yeah. And I'm just curious from your take on entering into this industry, right? What has it been like? And I know the book has not come out, but it will have been out by the time this airs. But what have your impressions been of this industry and how it's all working? And is this kind of what you thought of, of publishing and all of that? It, it's been in- interesting, right? It's been interesting to see because, you know, it's like my agent, my editor are are so smart and they, I think I was surprised at how much they would get the book and like understand the things I was trying to do and, you know, be able to even give me good ideas on what I should do. Like, I didn't think I was going to get good editorial notes like that, but I mean, I think I, I, I didn't know anything about publishing at all, like anything at all, even coming out of the MFA, you know, I didn't. So I was, I think I was surprised at like the long silence before you know, I ended up getting connected with people and then, you know, there, there could be a lot of silence in it, but when you find some people that there's a lot of smart people in the industry that, you know, know books and they love books and they're, they're good at what they do. And I, I was impressed by that. Awesome. Have you met other authors? Like, do you know other authors? Uh, yeah, I know a few, you know, I have some, some friends from, from school and, uh, you know, I've met some people that, that my agent works with too but like someone was asking me about sharing my work with other people like the like a writing community uh-huh. 
So I think I've, I'm, I'm so shy about my writing that, uh, that I don't, I don't like to, to share it with like when we'd have workshops in, in school, that was, that would make me so, I hated that. <laughs> so many people reading it like that. No, I'm like, don't give me any changes. Just tell me it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Can... That's, that's all you need. That's what I want you there for. <laughs> <laughs> or else this has to magically change itself. Yeah. <laughs> like staring at it and being like, ah, what now? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, great. Well, congratulations. It's exciting to welcome i feel like i should be this like you know welcome to the world of publishing <laughs> Let me well, no, thank you for the welcome <laughs> no it's so fun to have someone young i want to like i'm gonna take your book and give it to my son upstairs who's like you know practicing his driving and just being like all right read this book you could do this in just a couple years so <laughs> nice <laughs> but it's inspiring to you know for younger people for not younger people that it can be done right you can just do it and definitely it be done does happen. I was surprised that by that, that it could be done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Living to tell, living to tell. So there you go. Well, good luck with your launch and congratulations. Well, thank you so much for having me on. No problem. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com